Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. Uh, this is episode number 137, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host all the way from Florida, the one and only Shannon. How are you doing, Shannon? I'm good, but actually I'm from Minnesota today. Oh, you're in Minnesota. Okay. All right. All right. You must have a lot of frequent flyer miles. <laughs> it's work. Oh, okay. All right. That's what it is. Um, well, I'm glad that you are here and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the topic. And uh, we are joined by the, the wonderful Leah, the life coach. How are you doing, Leah? Hi, I'm good. I'm amazing. How are you guys? Pretty good. good. It's so amazing to be here. Thank you for the invite. Let me ask you a question. Like, Okay. What, do, uh, what do your like your close friends call you? Leah. Just Leah? No. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, uh, Leah the life coach. L L T C or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I call myself L. Sorry, I had a phone call, and I have an academy that I call the LLC Academy. Oh, okay. All right. So I just I I always wanted to ask you that. So <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> All right. So tonight's topic we're talking about jealousy. And, you know, obviously this show, we mainly talk about relationships and whatnot, uh, but obviously jealousy can creep their head in um, non-romantic situations as well. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, in relationships. So I've, I've, mm -hmm. the bulk of our conversation will be in relationships, but I think I, I wanted to... Um, Uh-oh. I think a, a good place I want to start off with is in just everyday life, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's a there's always a reason why I always want to talk about stuff, and a lot of times it's usually because the topic somehow came came into being in my life somehow. So usually when I when I want to do a topic, it's usually that. Um, but I'll I'll say this: sometimes when I'm doing these shows. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about a certain topic. They will revolve around somebody that I know personally, and that person will listen, you know. And so sometimes, sometimes I'll get like, "Negro, you were talking about me," you know? <laughs> <laughs> or I, I had it where it wasn't about them, but they thought it was them, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I look, I do what I, I do. So it is what it is. But um, in this case, um, I remember, I think it was Pat Williams had this bit about you got to have so many haters or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, if you're not doing it right, you don't. Uh, yeah. 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 So I don't know. Let, let me start off with you, Leah. Um, it, throughout your life, um, have you noticed people, I'm sure the answer is going to be yeah that you felt like they were jealous of you in some form or fashion, whether it's professionally or, you know, a man like you or whatever it is. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Actually, no, not at all. Not from my perspective, because I always try to see and give people the benefit of the doubt because um, 
they they can take it there, there themselves. But I have had a lot of people come to me about situations that they saw as jealousy, and especially in the life coaching game. The life coaching game is gangster. Let me just tell you, I had no freaking clue. I mean, there's there's rules and, and ways about this that I was not ready for. And it definitely does not include my ears, my purple hair, the way I speak, the way I come, and the way I coach. So they let me know that real quick and blacklisted me out of the game real quick. So a lot of people have come to me and um, stated to me that they felt like I was black listed by certain people um, that they witness um, their treatment of me uh, to be jealousy. And I definitely mm-hmm. do not want to see that, especially about someone that I, I admire, respect, mm-hmm. want to emulate, want to learn from, and that I have nothing but love for. And um, I, I, don't, I don't see it that way. I see it as a miscalibration, a misunderstanding of where I'm coming from, you know, and um, I definitely get it from the way that I come off. But um, I just see it more as a misunderstanding, but I do think that I could probably talk about a few things in my, my business area that was, could be called jealousy. Well, you know, a lot of times with jealousy, it, it really shines a mirror to the person who's jealous. Like, like, you know, if they're a life coach, right. Mm-hmm. And they're jealous of you. It's because, you know, there's something they're not, or they perceive they're not. And so a lot of times I see this a lot where, let's say you get something that they feel like they should have gotten as well. Mm-hmm. And they start like, they start feeling like, Oh, it's because, you know, you have this inherent in, this, uh, advantage that maybe they don't have, you know, maybe I, cause I have, you know, black hair, you know, <laughs> like I, I need to rock the purple hair. That's what it, you know, and they don't realize this. It's more than that, right? It's, it's going to look different on them. It ain't even going to feel yeah. right. They're not even going to know how to walk and talk and be it. So, you know, you got to develop your own thing and let it be more than enough because it, it definitely is. Right. That part. That part. So my question is, um, we're all human beings, right? And we all, you know, we make mistakes and, you know, sometimes we on some BS. <laughs> so, as, a, as, as a life coach, if you, if a person has realized, this, you know what, I have this jealous spirit in me. Yes. And, and now, not we're not going to go in the relationship part of it yet, but you know, I'm jealous of my coworkers. Like, if they realize that, um, what are some things that you feel like a person can do to to try to get that jealousy spirit out of them when it comes to that? It's definitely a process because your natural um, instinct um, comes with jealousy, um, but it's come, something that I compare to feelings. People take feelings in and they take that as the reality of the situation. When I see it as just an alarm of something that you need to pay attention to and ask yourself, how do you feel about this? So I compare it to fear. Fear needs to be there. It needs to let you know to be cautious, to, to take care with this, that you care about this um, fragile, you know? Um, so same thing with jealousy. Something comes up, it just means like you care about this. Maybe you need to put your best foot forward. Maybe you need to um, do an inventory of yourself and what you want to do and how you want to present yourself and see where the holes are missing in your life. And rather than focus on what looks good on another person or what's working for another person, try to um, implement things that work good for you uh, but know that the jealousy is natural and it should be there I don't think people should try and suppress anything I think all things are here for a reason it is divinely created so I just think it's the way that you take it in and process it and how you deal with it so the jealousy to me is just um, an alarm that says hey 
you're you're feeling like you need to be doing something and maybe you should maybe you do need to kick yourself in the butt maybe you have been a little off um and what you've been doing a little less diligent a little less consistent a little less quality um put forth you know so call yourself on that and give yourself a reality check and let that be okay um let it be um motivating empowering to you and 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 natural to you the not um not taking away from who you are and the greatness that you are. Um, you know, some people like they love to be the center of jealousy, right? They actually invite that spirit, you know, like they want people to be like, yeah, you know, like, look at me, I got this and that. Um, is that, is that a, in your mind, an unhealthy way to be like, if you invite that around you? I mean, I try not to judge people and what they need. You know, um, I think people, you got to meet people where they are and allow them to go through the process, how they go through it, because there's just different lessons and blessings for each and every one of us. So we're going to respond differently to different things. And I mean, I always say, do what you do, how you do it, as long as you're not hurting anybody. So if they thrive and they work best under, under pressure or uh, it makes them level up in their game to, to have that praise, all right, what works for you works for you. I mean, we, we all have things that, you know, others would say that's not the proper way for you to get there. But I say get there how you get there as long as you're, you're not hurting anybody. Do no harm. That's all I say. All right, now, going to the relationship side of, of this conversation, um, I've heard, I know you heard this before, that some people, they like their mate to be a little bit of jealousy. Like, oh, little, yeah. Is that is that like what do you think? Oh yeah, I definitely went through that as a young child. Um, in my high school relationships, I was the the green eyed devil. Like, and I would do things. To me, it was like um, they loved me, they cared about me. Um, but you have to evolve out of that state. You have to look and see that that's not uh, a day to day situation that you want to be a part of, be in, and that's not the way that you need to get that fulfillment and that answer from that person. And if that is the way that you need to get that answer from that person, you maybe need a different person. And um, it's hard because there was no stopping me when I was jealous. I'm an Aries too. Oh go- man, uh, it was it was a show. <laughs> um, but you know, you get tired of that, and you find a different way, and you get confident in yourself. And I really started to know that the universe delivers to me on a silver platter what's for me, and what isn't for me, um, it it just doesn't come. No, no matter what you do, you know, so I, I love the experience that the universe has for me because I can't even fathom um, some of the things that the universe has presented to me and, and wants to present to me. So I allow that natural process to be of itself. So when, uh, when a person is um, not my person, I just I can just let it go now when it's when it's jealousy there. I'm just I I can't, you know, because I think jealousy is also a form of control. And um, even in my um, adult years, when I got a grasp on my jealousy, I, I, t- I turned to a mate that did not have a grasp on his jealousy. And that turned very violent. And I was abused for years and treated less than, and it, it took a toll on my life, uh, my confidence, my self-worth, just everything. It, it just, it diminished me to almost nothing. And so much to where when I was in a relationship, I wanted to become fat. I didn't dress. I didn't do anything because if a guy said hello to me, I was going to get beat uh, from jealousy, you know. 
Um, actually, let's uh, we're gonna go back to the relationship aspect, but Stephanie brings up a great one, and I've experienced this as a guy dating uh, women, um, where the mother and daughter have a kind of a the the mother is jealous of the daughter. Like I've experienced that myself, um, and I have my own thoughts and theories on why that is sometimes. Um, uh, what do you think about that? When the mother and daughter kind of have like it's it's usually and it's usually manifest like in a competition almost. Have you ever? <laughs> what do you think about that? Oh yeah, I, I see that all the time, and I think mothers are unknowingly doing that because I think in the generation where our mothers came from in this time, yeah. they had to sacrifice a lot. And I think they carried a lot of burden and they didn't get to fully become the butterfly that they envisioned themselves to be. And I think that that weighs heavy on them. And so when they're watching um, their child, and I, I, I don't think that they are just consciously saying, I don't want my child to be better than me. I think that that is just the natural alarm that comes up that says, hey, um, I didn't get this. Hey, I, I am lacking in this thing. Same thing as when I say it's an alarm and a fear, but mothers subconsciously just kind of have that jealousy in the, in the dark. I've definitely seen it. Um, have I experienced it with my mother? Uh, I mean, there probably were some instances where somebody would have said that about her, but like I said, I didn't take it that way. Cause I, I like to think the, the best of most people. Um, so uh, I've definitely seen it. It's definitely something that goes on and it's detrimental to the daughter, um, to the child. It really is. So, um, and it could be avoided because there's so much life here. People think that there's a time limit on what you do and when you achieve things. So the mothers just need to take heed and make decisions now, here and now. You are still here and breathing. Do whatever it is you wanted to do then. Do it now. And let that be a motivation for you and fuel you and um, let your daughter be a support for you because it's not too late. Do what you want to do. Live how you want to live. And don't let this, this, this world make you feel like your, your opportunity is over because it's not. It's never over until you, you're six feet under. And even then, it's not. You know, a lot of times you see it where the age gap is not that great. Yeah. So, like, um, maybe the mothers maybe only... 15, yeah. So sometimes you see it in in that that, and then um, I've seen that's where I think I've seen it the most. So the mother might still be, you know, she's still out there, you she's know, still partying, right? She's still, you know, and uh, the boyfriend may look cute. Oh man, dicey, dicey. <laughs> you know, still trying to get her groove back. <laughs> Right, so you know that that's a that's a trip though, and then to be as the man in the middle of that, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Now, um, I'm I, look, I know it must go on, you know, with fathers and sons as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know too many instances myself where I've seen that, but I can only imagine. So I don't date dudes. So <laughs> anybody in the chat room or ladies on the panel who witnessed that. Well, I've counseled dudes and young men that have that pressure from their dad. And I think it comes off as competitional and putting them into things that, you know, they didn't get to live out in their life and um, um, wanting them to fulfill that dream through them and stuff like that. It's more of that way instead of a super, super competition. Like, but it kind of comes more as they, they push them through really hardcore to do what they couldn't do. 
Right. Yeah. Especially if they're like first generation. Yeah. Like the pressure is on. Mm -hmm. uh, jealousy among siblings. That's big. Um, it's funny. Like no parent or very few parents. I don't say no parents. Some parents do do this. Want to say that they have a favorite. But I think a lot of parents no. low key do have favorites. Yeah. The kids. Oh, my mother has a favorite. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> There's different strengths that shine through each child. Okay. Yep. All of that. We'll go with that. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm my mother's favorite. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the favorite. Uh, no. No. So Steph says some parents have favorites. Oh. That is true. Like uh, my my brother John is my mother's favorite. Oh, it's not you, <laughs> kid. <laughs> not me. Not at all. It's John. And uh, I reconcile it. <laughs> I reconcile it by saying mom's like the weakest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so uh, um, you know, but you know, but it's all good though. I mean, it is what it is. I don't think it's. I don't think. I mean, me personally. I mean, I'm too grown to be like like I'm not my mama's favorite. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of silly to be. But uh, but for some reason, huh? My mother said she didn't have favorites. <laughs> you know, but you can believe her, Shannon. I mean, I I tell my sister all the time she ain't have favorites because she don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though, I mean, I think I think some children may need more love or an attention from <laughs> their siblings, so maybe that extra comes off like a favorite, or maybe yeah. you know, so like. I don't know. Maybe I think my brother, uh, I don't want to say too much, but uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my brother. Um, don't maybe, start nothing. Won't be nothing. Maybe he might, Come on out. He might have needed that. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, more than I did, because, um, you know, you know, I love myself. So so I, I have a very strong love for myself. So yeah. I don't feel like uh, I don't know. Maybe I. I don't know. Maybe I didn't need that. Like maybe my brother might have or whatever. I think that's exactly the case. And I think um, that mothers try and show up for the children in different ways that actually support and work for them and not just doing a blanketed mother thing across the board because that does not work. And they are very different children that have very different needs. And I applaud the mothers that, you know, take some time to, to individualize their, their children and give them what they individually need. Steph say in there is completely like my situation where I'm not I don't feel like I'm the favorite but I'm the most responsible reliable like I'm the first one I'm the first call on the speed dial if they need something or something like that and yeah. but I think a lot I mean one is they know that I'll probably get it done you know I'm gonna get it done. Mm -hmm. another thing is I'm the only one that don't have like a wife and kids so yeah. you know a lot of times I think the idea is like well, he don't have those attachments, so he has more time or whatever. But I'm, time. disposable money. That's not even right. It's not fair. Right. It's inaccurate. I'm like, first of all, I got bills like everybody else. They may not look like theirs because they got kids or a spouse. I was like, but I'm the only person buying birthday gifts and Christmas presents and anniversary gifts. I said, I don't share that amongst the significant other. My children don't earn an allowance so that they can buy gifts for grandma. Like, I'm buying all this stuff by myself. Hmm. So, do not expect me to do everything, okay? Just because I'm single without kids. 
Cut it out. Amen. And welcome to the show, Cut Brother. Cut it out. Hey guys. Hi, Dre. Hey. I know Dre got a ton of haters. Wow. <laughs> What's, up? What's up? I said I know Dre got a ton of haters. I hope not. I, I really don't <laughs> want anybody hating on me. Uh, hey, I try to love on everybody. But I'm trying to ask a self-reflective question though. Everybody watching and even uh those of you guys on this panel. Um why even Ask the question: Who was the parents' favorite? So, Starting. if if we can ask that, right, uh-huh. uh, and and really ponder it, let's think about where that's coming from. Your mom oh. and dad has multiple children, and our concern is us being either the favorite or not the favorite among the the siblings. That's something that we should really like look in inside and be like, okay, why why am I even asking this question? Why am I even thinking about it? I think we ask questions. We should all uh, um give me one, yeah, one second real quick. We should all like Sorry. really look at it as a, a family thing and not just like I'm better than you or mommy likes me better than you. Um, but just self-reflective. What are, what are your thoughts on that? I think we ask the question so because we believe the person doesn't realize that they're doing this and that they're mm-hmm. affecting us in this way. So that if we ask the question that they could ponder it and ask themselves why they're doing it and give a good answer that secures me and reassures me and makes me feel better about it. Or they can make a choice to see that, okay, when you give him candy just because he needed candy and I never expressed that I needed candy, maybe you could just throw me some candy and that kind of alleviates me feeling that way. So I think it's just to alert the other person of what's going on and give them the opportunity to um, rectify it, explain it, assure them, comfort them and that thing. But I can see how you could say why even put the question there. But I do hope and think that it is from a good place for to allow them to. Yeah. Uh, well, the reason, the reason why I ask it, because as I was listening, the reason why I ask it is because usually the, the one that's not the pe- favorite, the one that is the favorite generally don't have a problem with it. Right. Right. So uh, like um, Larry Lev says, when you the when, when your parent shows favoritism, that's an issue. Usually, it's not an issue for the person who's being showed favor. So that's why I'm saying it should be self-reflective on both sides, not just on the person who feels like they're not the favorite. So on the other one that does feel like they're the favorite. Well, so I mean, that, I don't, I don't have an issue. I mean, honestly, but I know some people that it does affect them. Like they, mm-hmm. they, it like they be grown as hell, and they still hold <laughs> on to like. Like you know, mom and dad always loved you more, and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So, I mean, I just think it's funny. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't like, I don't, um, you know, it's not something that really bothered me, and I feel like he needed. So, uh, you know, what I'm saying so that that's why mm-hmm. that's how I reconcile it. But I feel like people, you're, you're the stronger one. Yeah, like I feel like people mm-hmm. be holding on to that stuff. People hold on to, like, I know people who got lists from junior high school of stuff they want to. You know, like if I see JoJo in the streets, I'm gonna whoop it. You know what I mean? Like people hold on to that stuff, mm-hmm. and um, and you would think being a, a whole grown person, you'd be over that, but um, it's not always like that. So, so it's crazy though, you know. But um, no, I mean, I, I when I bring up the whole who's your parents' favorite, I'm just starting some shit. So that's all. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's funny though. It's funny because 
some people like you know they'll laugh or whatever, and then other people they'll take that stuff real serious like like don't don't don't, don't say that because uh, you know I love everybody like come on now it's it is what it is, so it, it's not it ain't to me it ain't that big deal, but um and it's all far away in age, huh? I said me and my sister were too far away in age, so for me it never really was an issue of who was the favorite. I was in kindergarten. She was in sixth grade. I was in sixth grade. She was graduating high school. So our relationships were so different in terms of what we did and who we were that it wasn't an issue of, were you my favorite? I'm sitting here learning how to write in cursive and you about to graduate high school. I mean, these are not the same issues. So, I mean, we just had different needs. We were six years apart. And, you know. I don't think that was my mother's favorite either, though. I, I, my mom said she didn't have favorites, but I mean, based on the way I grew up in my childhood, I just, you know, I always would be like, okay, are we going to do this? Are we doing that? But again, we were six years apart. So I spent a lot of time with my mother that my sister had before I was born. So. And I've, yeah, seen, I've seen it where if like maybe there's a different father um, and maybe the kid looks like the father that really suck, then that actually affects how sometimes they treat them subconsciously. Yeah. You know, I've seen that mm-hmm. where you know, where it's like he looks like that. Thank he looks like that. Uh, that guy that was a jerk. You know, so it, it, yeah, it, it's yeah, uh, it's 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 crazy though. With um, me, my mother um, preferred my brother because his father's white, so he has very fair skin. And my mother has just a little bit lighter skin than I do, but she does not own it like that. And she would prefer to be of lighter, fair skin. So I think he was a better representation of her. And I think of a more beautiful child present presentation of her. And I think that's kind of why I got it. I mean, she would probably be mad right now if she heard me, but I very much felt that way. And she very much talked about the lighter, fair skin all the time, all the time. And then I got it all the time with my brother being so light. Every time we see each other, it was just the the, the focal point of it, of why I'm so dark and why he's so light. Yeah. Well, you know, both of my parents, my both of my parents were white. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. I'm oh, it's win. <laughs> no, no, I'm mixed with black and black. But uh, so, um, I definitely have seen that too, and it, it's very unfortunate. You would think too, in this day and age, we would be beyond that, but it, it, yeah. it goes on. Now, um, now to, to go back to the relationship side, um, it's funny. Like some dudes, right, are totally like chill about everything, right? Like they'll go to, like we'll go to, they'll go to a club, and a guy wants to da- dance with a woman. And he's like, sure, you know, have fun. And he might be because I think we, I think we even touched on this on the after show before. And mm-hmm. and if they dance a little suggestive, he's like, you know, they just dancing, right? Then you get those guys that be like, you ain't messing with nobody up in here but me, you know? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna uh, this. <laughs> I was in um, Miami Carnival in 2015, right? Um, and like Caribbean coaches beautiful in where uh, if you appreciate the culture the music the people good vibes um dancing is just that and uh, usually people who are coupled up aren't in that jealous mode Mm -hmm. so i i was dancing with this lady and um 
uh, you know, after she was done, she politely said, right? And, and this really happened. She politely said, thanks for the dance. I'm going to go with my husband now. The hus- I look over at the husband and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be some heat. And he gives me a salute, waves his hand and, and you know, smiles at me as they walk off dancing together. Aww. So there's this, 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 uh, times when it, it can happen. But then you got these crazy, jealous couples who are very insecure on themselves and they don't see dancing as dancing. And real talk, and you can sometimes you can say what you want, but about there is is a line or a level, Mm -hmm. and it's like okay, there's dancing, and then there's like screwing on the dance. So you know, um, I don't know with that. That's crazy, and especially that uh, that um, West Indian dancing. Uh, <laughs> they be doing with the they jump off the tables and land on. That's not West Indian dancing. That's that's I'm not even gonna call it what it is because I have some people offended watching this. But that is definitely not. She said it. I wasn't gonna say it. But that's like a whole different iteration of dance hall. I didn't grow up like that. I don't know. I don't know if I want somebody jumping off a balcony and landing on. <laughs> <laughs> that may not be the business. Yeah. But um, so so my question, let me ask you, Shannon, is how would you feel if you had a dude who was just pretty chill with every like you know that sure do the lambada with uh, this random stranger at the club or you know or whatever? Would you want him to be a tad bit like nah, maybe nah, you you ain't doing it. So he's the one doing the dance, or I'm the one doing the dance. Uh, both. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> if he's doing the dance, and I'm here for it, like I'm going to sit there and watch. And I mean, he might even get a scorecard when he's done. And I'll be like, well, this you take this home. Like, amen. I think some moves I need to practice later on with you. Okay. Um, but for me, I think there's a fine line. You have to have that conversation. You got to be secure in your relationship. I don't mind dancing with other people. But I'm not gonna be um, trying to impregnate them on the dance floor either. That's not appropriate. I got a man. Um, but how would you? But about how? How would you feel if your man was totally accepting? If he was okay with it? Yeah. Would you Would you want him to be a little bad bitch? Like, nah, no. Nah. You know. I think I think I have my own boundaries, regardless of how accepting he is of it. I don't necessarily think it's always appropriate. To be about somebody like you're about to make love on a dance floor. I mean, now there are certain dances that are intimate, and they they require a suggestive dance, and those are different types, and that's totally different. Um, but I think my husband, my significant other, whoever, he better learn them dances. So he has to be in his field. Because I do like to dance, I mean, and I, I know various forms of dance, so I'm going to be on the floor when the music come on. Um, if they don't like to out there and dance with me, whether he can do it or not, I mean, I could teach. He's willing to learn. So, is, so okay, Leah, is, is a tad bit of jealousy, um, is that, uh, should a man have, or a woman have a, a tad bit of jealousy? For me, I'm such a loyal person, Uh-oh. yet a free spirit, 
So I need the the freedom, yeah. but I need you to be attentive to me because I may need you to step in when someone is overstepping their bounds because men get real ego tripping when you need to say, hey, I have a boyfriend. I need you to back up just a little bit. Yeah. So I need them just to be attentive to the situation um, in case I need them to, you know, put that little muscle in. Um, but I'm a very loyal person. And I mean, you have to know I'm super loyal. And if the guy is doing nothing and just just nothing, nothing, I'm okay with that because I'm not going to do anything to make you jealous. Uh, there's, there's, there's no man that was going to be jealous of something I do because I'm so committed and I'm just not going to do it if I'm not committed. Okay. All right. Um, now let's talk about the more extreme forms of jealousy. Hmm. Uh, like I, I'll be honest with you. I was in a, I've been in a relationship before, but one specifically where she thought I was doing everybody. Right. Like, I mean, like, like been there. She was like, I mean, like, I remember one time we went to uh, TJI Fridays, and she got mad because the waitress was too smiley, and I'm like, she's just trying to get a tip. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and uh, she just, and it, it was, it was so bad at one point, and I wasn't doing anything, right? Uh, I, like Bobby Brown, I wasn't, ain't nobody humping around, right? And uh, <laughs> so. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I wish I was this cool dude that was. <laughs> he sounds pretty good. <laughs> like, I wish I was pulling like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm glad you had this faith in me that I'm going around. I got the, I got the TGI Fridays girl. I got the, the girl at the this and this and that. I'm like, that's not me. You're the only crazy person that want me. So, <laughs> you know. So like, uh, so I don't know if. I imagine some of you guys have probably experienced that. Like, what do you even do with that? Like, uh, when you start to see that? Well, you got to have a conversation. Sometimes you got to redirect energy. It's like, you know, that's unfounded. That's not who I am. That's not what this is. You know, your security could be in our relationship. Any securities that you have, let's unpack those. But ultimately, if they're not willing to do with their insecurities around how they feel about relationship with you, that ultimately becomes a, sometimes a downfall relationship. You need to check that. Like, that's personal. And that might be a problem if, you, if it goes unchecked. Because uh, I don't need you in the bushes when I'm having lunch with my uh, teacher. Right. Um, I definitely agree. It needs to be addressed very quickly because like I said, how I stated the relationship that I was in, it got very abusive to where waiters and waitresses were the worst. Like I was always going to go home and just, it was going to be the worst night of my life. And I remember a time I went to go get the mail and there was this guy walking towards me and I had my head down and I was like, please don't speak to me. Please don't speak to me. Please don't speak to me. And my dude was nowhere even around, but I was like, please don't speak to me. He said, hello. I said, hello, without even looking, kept me moving. I got upstairs and it was just waiting for me. And I think that's so unhealthy and it, it can get, it can escalate from zero to a hundred so quick. Yeah. And I stayed so long and it did so much damage and um, it's not worth it. You think that that person loves you and they're confused and you can love them through this and you can change them. And that's really something that they got to do on their own. They have to see that jealousy emotion as an alarm and not something that they need to react on in that manner because um, they, they tend to see it as their right. 
you did mm-hmm. something wrong and is a discipline, a, dis- a discipline that they need to show you. You are a grown adult. You need not be disciplined from your partner, especially not in a physical manner like that. But it can get there so quick because they they have this reality in their head, just like they said, that everybody wants you and you're just messing with everybody. And that can go and be so quick. How do you defend yourself from something that isn't the reality? It's so hard. You know, they have it in their mind. That's what they see. That's what it is. And that's how they they react. And you're penalized for their their mind, the the stories that's in their head. So you mm-hmm. cut that off real quick. Go in and keep it moving. Let them go to counseling on their own, <laughs> and you 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 take care of you. Now, Dre, I think, yeah, um, I, um, yeah, jealousy is is such a a, a weird thing because um, it could either be toxic for a relationship, or if it's done correctly, it can protect the relationship. Yeah. Uh, and if I if I may explain, so let's say uh, I'll give an example. Let's say um, you get involved with somebody, and you're having dinner somewhere, and the waitress is overly friendly, and the young lady was like, "Well, what you do to her to make her feel so friendly to you?" Oh, right. Like that's like one of those. Okay, that that's probably going to go in the direction of toxic jealousy. Mm-hmm. But then if she was to say, "Hey, babe." Um, keep your eye on her. She she's a little bit too flirtatious. Um, try to keep your distance from her because I think she's trying something. That kind of jealousy will help protect the relationship. You know, so there's that toxic jealousy where it's like, you know, yo, wh- wh- why why you why are you looking at homegirl like that? You know, and then there's that, well, just keep your eye out. You know, so I, I say that to say this: when um uh when I before before I got divorced, when I was married. Um, I was really clueless to um, women that may have liked me. I really was. I was married. I was loyal. Um, I was a pastor, so I was always talking to everybody, male and female alike. And um, sometimes I was oblivious to um, if a woman had eyes for me. My ex-wife was not. <laughs> she was not oblivious to that. And I will say this about her. She, she, she used the, the, that, that jealousy radar in a positive way where she would check me and say, not, not really check me, but like pull me aside and say, um, Dre, I think you need to watch out for her. Um, I noticed her looking at you. And, um, you know, I know you're a pastor, you engage with everybody, but make sure you keep your eye out for her. And I would recommend you keeping your distance. And I took heed to things like that. That helped protect, well, protect me in a relationship that protect me from going, you know, outside of the, the marriage. So uh, yeah, it may sound crazy stuff, but if done correctly, it can look just like that. Hmm. You know, um, you know, like men know men generally and women know women. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I, I know I've said this before. So, uh, no, what I'm saying is a lot of times you see things that make your partner don't see. So like, I always talk about the, the hovering dude. That's the guy that he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I'm friends with you, Leah. We're buddies. We're like brother and sister. But you know, a, a guy knows like, no, that's not the case. A lot of times you, I've seen it, you know, and they'd be like, no, that's be like my brother or whatever. But no, nah, that dude, you, you can tell that guy, you can tell that guy that he's full of boo-boo and you know, and like, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like your Alabama cousin. Uh, you know, your Mississippi cousin or something like that. <laughs> you know, so so sometimes that's not jealousy. That's just your radar 
going off and you see things that maybe your partner don't see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely down for, you know, the open communication. And like I said, jealousy is like fear. You don't want to suppress anything. You want to take heed to it, but you want to handle it and process it in the right manner. And I think Andre's wife did that in the right manner. I think they had an ex I do apologize. Your (laughs) ex-wife handled it. And um, both of them handled it in the correct manner and processed it for what worked for them. And I applaud that. Um, like, like, you know, Andre said he was oblivious, right? And, um, a lot of times I've been oblivious. I've dated people who were oblivious to people and all of that. And, um, sometimes not saying in your case, Andre, but sometimes people are oblivious, but are they really oblivious? Like, is that, I was just thinking that too. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, you don't know. Really? (laughs) Right. No, no. There's a term for it where, um, actually, I think L.A. said it on one of her shows. There's a term for when someone makes you feel like the truth isn't the truth. Hmm. Like, um, I, uh, if she's in the chat, where they'll make you feel crazy about something you see, like like gaslighting. Gaslighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's obvious this Go is what... Yeah, it's obvious this is what's going on, but they make you feel like, oh, no, you're crazy. That's not what's going on. No, just because you walked in and I was straddling him, like that's not that's like my brother. Come on, <laughs> right, right. You overreacting, <laughs> right, right. Like we grew up together. We seen each other naked and stuff. Took the bath <laughs> together. We just yeah, friends. That's all it is. <laughs> right, and then, and then some people though they really start questioning what they're like. Yeah. Well, maybe I am overreacting. I mean, they were just laying in the bed yeah. naked. That that don't mean they were doing something, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's not okay. So you know, um, so there there, I mean, all uh, all feelings of jealousy, or I don't even know if it's jealousy, but if you question <laughs> made up, you're well, that's just case, uh, you're playing stupid. <laughs> you're stupid, <laughs> hilarious. Um, not all cases of, I don't know if you even want to call it jealousy, but like when you see a situation in your relationship where it's like, it doesn't feel right, you know? And then you, sometimes you'll balance in your head. Am I just being jealous or is there something really there? You know, now in the laying in the bed, that's just obvious, but sometimes it's not so obvious. And then you really wrestle in your head. Like, am I just being, you know, a jealous asshole or is there something there, you know? And like, how do you, Leah, how do you um, reconcile that where, you know, where you start questioning yourself, like, is am, am I reading too much into it, or is there something really there that I should be worried about? Um, man, <laughs> you know, I I take people at their word and at face value, but the I the dealing with the men that I've dealt with, they're not so forthcoming. So I think that you really have to take inventory of how you feel and mm-hmm. you, how you feel matters no matter what they say so um i think a lot of men get mm, i don't know they're just not forthcoming with me so um i try to take the man at face value and just go to them because i would like to advise you to go and ask that man and have a conversation but i do think that men are real good at just giving you and feeding you what they want you to hear 
So I think that you really have to go with your gut feeling and really have a serious conversation where they understand that you are completely feeling this way and they need to give you some type of assurance or something that really makes you feel comfortable with moving forward with them because it's all about trust and communication and, and being feeling secure in the partnership. Now, I'm going to bring up different scenarios and, and tell me what you think. Uh, Shannon, you want to take this time to uh, give a shout out to the people in the chat? Sure. Uh, we have Seth, and I think this is LL, Aaron, my girl D. We got Q, Larley, LA, Anthony, and Angie. And then we had a few earlier, Brad and some others. Oh, and then of course Leandra. All right, all right, all right. So thank you, guys. Um, there are a couple of situations that are very interesting, and um, there's this phenomenon of uh, the workplace husband or the workplace wife. You hear this a lot. You know, is like, oh, this is my, you know, and they actually have a husband or a wife. You know, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. and sometimes because they work. So much with each other you know they sometimes see they see the they see each other more than you see they see their actual husband or their or wife if if i may interject uh-huh that's that's precisely the reason why i will never date somebody that's a cop firefighter um mm-hmm. if they work in the ambulance like i just won't do it i just won't do it especially if they have a partner that's a male uh, I guess I can't, I can't do it because uh, they can be unattractive, right? And But proximity and time will create <laughs> something happen. No, listen, no, I'm, listen, listen. Like, they don't have to be cute, but they spend enough time together in close proximity, they start looking cute to one another. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a natural and I, just won't, I just won't put myself in that kind of situation. <laughs> in, that, in that in that sense, yeah, I'll be jealous. I'll be jealous, and that that, that jealousy is going to protect me, even before I, I get in a relationship. Okay. I feel you. I mean, I, I mean, uh, I I don't know if uh, I would not date a um, firefighter or a cop, but I can understand where he's coming from for sure. Yeah. Um, somebody in the ambulance, they be in that car right next to each other, and sometimes there's no calls for like maybe an hour. What are they doing all that time? Why teacher stuff? Why teacher stuff? Preacher I'm about to be a teacher. I get it. preachers, but why the teacher stuff? Let I me know. <laughs> why not preachers? Why preachers or teachers? Preachers, yeah. I I'm get. Offended. I'm doubly offended now. I, he's <laughs> not, he is double offended. Gray is cold. like, that's a double no to Gray. Dang, that's cold. Um, no, I, yeah, he's preacher and a teacher. Um, yeah, well, I think but Steph has a good point. Um, uh, I, like the inside, in, in, in almost any kind of job, there's fraternization that happens. Um, uh, particularly with when it comes to men in education, uh, they're so far, few and far between. So, um, you know, I remember when I first got into, when I first started working at the school I was working at, um, it was like fresh meat. And, um, and I'm, like, I'm not the most attractive guy in the world, but you don't have to be that attractive. You're the only guy, one of the only guys in a, in, in a place full of all women, you know, they'll look. Um, uh, and also when it comes to 
to, to preachers, um, some some preachers do have a very big head, and they they think they're the man. And when you give them any kind of power, they try to use that power to to yeah. To, hey, to Danny. Got, got Hi, Danny. I think it's hard to date like masseuses and strippers, yeah. models, yeah. and fitness instructors, minute, trainers. What about life coaches? Is that is that difficult? Oh, that is kind of like the new kind of. It is. It, it is. <laughs> like, and, and are, it is. Are you coaching uh, off hours though in the relationship? Like, I have a hard time knowing who I'm dating and who I'm coaching all the time. <laughs> All the time. I don't know whether to send them a bill or what. Oh, that might be interesting. Date a life coach to get free life coaching. They do too. I can oh they do. I swear idea. they do. That's a good idea. I think that we're going good and it's great. They just want advice from me. I just give good advice. <laughs> the, the, the next subject, it'll be six months in. They'll come tell me about their wife. <laughs> They're engaged. They getting married, got kids. I'm like, wait, what just happened here? <laughs> that happens to me all the time. That's why I said men are not forthcoming with me. Oh, um, oh, uh, real quick, uh, I'm gonna go to uh, Anthony. Did uh, type out a long thing? Let me see. You want me to read it? Yes, please. Oh, I, I hope I got to go up. Oh, following Anthony, we're gonna get there. Comedians too, Danny. I I agree. Now that I'm in the kind of comedian world, I agree. <laughs> Comedians. Yeah. I, I reposted it. Oh wait, you did? Okay, so um, I remember once I was in a bookstore minding my own business, and I happened to notice they had some Doctor Who stuff on discount. I was just looking through the stuff. There was a woman there, and we happened to have small talk about a common interest that we shared. Everything was fine until the boyfriend or the boyfriend wannabe showed up and made me feel like I was less of a person just because I was talking to someone in a non-sexual way about something that we both enjoyed. My attitude was that it was just a general conversation and that's the only way that I viewed it. I don't know if that has much to do with you than it does to do with the person I was jealous yeah, like If you're having a conversation about a book, in a bookstore with somebody that's looking at the same book and another guy comes in and he's jealous, he's the issue. You got nothing to <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. not much. He's not he's just like one of those guys that he don't want to talk to his lady. You know, yeah. he thinks everybody as uh as uh they you know they got some kind of aim. So when I but look when, this is what I do when I notice that kind of dynamic I just parachute out of it because you know, hey, that's their relationship. They got to deal with it. I'm not going to force myself into uh, on principle or anything like that. I know some guys will just, they'll stay there to antagonize it. But the way I look at it is I'm not going to be around and she has to deal with it. So, you know, I just take myself out of the equation and you have a good day. So that's probably the best way that I've handled it is just take yourself out of it. You got to stay with this guy, you know, so and, you know, she's with him. You know, for a reason. So, that's how I do it. But, um, I want to go back to the workplace thing. Um, uh, one issue too is when somebody's in a relationship and they start dealing with coworkers off the clock, right? 
and and it's not necessary. So it's like, oh baby, um, me and Jack from the office is going to um go out for drinks. You know, and <laughs> look at Trey's face. <laughs> You, you, you can call me and my boyfriend to meet you there. <laughs> what do you think about that, Dre? What do you think about that, Dre? You like my answer, Dre? <laughs> yeah, I like your answer. Love wow. your answer. No, I, listen, <laughs> I don't like if, if you're married, right? Um, specifically when you're married, like if you're dating, if you're dating somebody you're not married yet, um, I can't really speak too much on that. But if you're married, you made that commitment to be married. Um, you gotta avoid being putting yourself in situations that could lead to stuff like that. I know um, there's a lot of jobs out there who will have holiday parties and um, things like that where the spouses are not allowed to go. Um, what? I I, yeah. question, I question that. Like, why would you have holiday parties that your that spouses are not allowed to go? What, what's happening? Uh, what's happening that spouses are not allowed to attend a holiday party? With their spouse that worked at your, party? what's that? Is it eyes wide chest party? It goes down at holiday parties. <laughs> I remember, I remember the, the one time I went to a holiday party when I worked like in a secular field uh, was a couple. Uh, I, w- I want to say in nineteen, no, in um two thousand and one, when I uh, worked at a school in Rhode Island. They had a holiday party, uh, and I asked to bring my yeah. wife. And he was like, "For what?" I said, "Why not?" I, I I was the only one that brought my wife to that party, the only right. one. Yeah. Good man, good man. And we had a good time. We had a good time. You know, I just think that yeah, it, it sets it sets the stage for things like you know infidelity to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Like, or what about when somebody you're dating is constantly definitely? Did, did you read Steph's comment? Yeah, yeah, it happens. I did. It I remember, happens. I remember that situation. <laughs> it happens. He said, "I remember it." <laughs> no, you remember. Oh, oh, you the dude. <laughs> like, she, she, no, she mentioned it before. Yeah. But um, like you know, sometimes it's uh, what they're constantly mentioning, like, oh, just for my county, <laughs> you know, uh, or, or 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 for ladies, if he's always talking about his coworker. Oh man, Michelle, man, she's just Michelle's this, Michelle's that. Like he's always talking about Michelle. And it's not, you know, it's not Michelle's getting on my nerves. They need to fire Michelle. It's like, you know, he's he seems to be integrated. She seems to be uh integrated in his life in a way that you you know, like how do you I mean, what do you do? Do you what kind of questions do you ask? Like, do you uh should you be curious? You know, I mean you're gonna be curious, it's natural. Yeah. So, you know, because I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, they don't want to be the jealous person that, but then there's some things where you need to be on the ball, like to see what's up. It's all about, and I think it's important to have some healthy boundaries. There's nothing wrong with hanging out with your coworkers outside of work if that's what you and your significant agree on, because there might be something in that coworker that's like trying to. They haven't had their eye on you forever and they've been trying to get you alone and they want to take you home and they want to show you they can do it better. I mean, you never know what someone's motive or intentions are, especially when you're spending time with them outside of work. They may not be as aggressive or pressing at the job. They think, you know, it's a case of professionalism. But I also think that um, you should have your own set of boundaries around how you deal with people. Um, Because even if their motives aren't pure, yours can be. 
yeah. um, and how you maintain a level of decorum. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I'm all about avoiding all appearances of evil. I don't want anyone to see me out with my coworker and they be like, oh, I'm gonna have to tell her man that she was all chum chummy with so-and-so and they looked like they were in a compromising situation. Like, I don't want that to ever be the case. Now, some people just talk because they ain't got nothing better to do. And so somebody will run and tell it even if they ain't nothing to be told. Hey, we know we're, but, we're in a different time channel. They're not running and telling anything. They're taking pictures and texting it. To- I, mean, and that, I mean, but there's still the same difference. Any Savage. angle of the picture can be told in a totally mm-hmm. different way than what happened. So yeah. the point I'm saying is that you have to be mindful of how you engage people and what that looks like and keep lines of communication open. I'm not gonna not tell my significant other that I'm going out to have drinks with my coworker who happens to be a man with a penis who likes women with a vagina. Like I'm not gonna not tell him that that's just not appropriate. That's um, where my like job comes into like, like, <laughs> like you just don't like, do that. So. My thing being a life coach, sometimes I have to do that, but I'm fully open like my my call home to my significant other would be, hey, I have to meet with such and such. They're having a hard time dealing with this. Would you like to join us? And um, I always kind of leave that door open and I'm kind of free with my job and I always leave it like that. But I also communicate very well that I'm a very loyal person. Like my person Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be with knows me. They know who I am. They know how I get down. I don't play like that. I create strict boundaries when I'm at work. Um, I have other jobs where I do, um, where I actually work in a building and it's not just life coaching, um, where I see the girls, it's kind of like a nursing kind of atmosphere. So the guys might slap them on the ass or, you know, say some derogatory stuff to them. But that's because sometimes the girls, they get down like that and they create that opening where it's accepted, where they've done something that allowed them to feel that they can do that. I never get to that level with people. People always know what my boundaries are. But me being a life coach, I definitely have that scenario and issue where I'm I'm meeting it's if it's a guy or a girl, it I don't see it that way. So but I am very good at setting my boundaries. Someone knows how not to step to me and I leave it open for my significant other to be a part of it always. And I think you hit the nail on the head, um, Leah, when you said, I mean you you pointed out several key things boundaries um which is i think is always important in any relationship and you got to kind of know what they are and stick to them because i think when people set boundaries the harder part is sticking to them mm-hmm. um you know you get comfortable with this work or this place, and it's like oh i'm yeah. so and then you romanticize the relationship when there should be no romance there and yeah. so um i mean i so I mean, thank God that in my struggle. Um, but I've always been a, a of one, you know, I'm not picking up uh digs and my paycheck in the same place. No. <laughs> we can go hang out with SB that we hang out in a group. Cause as soon as you start getting flirtatious, I don't wanna have to give you the uppercut <laughs> and then call my boo and be like, yo, we having some problems. Because by then I'm already laid flat on the floor. But some people like this stuff. Some people feed into that energy, and that's how you open that door of confusion and chaos. And these work relationships become a real romance. And you know, instead of them just taking you out for drinks, now they're touching your leg at the, the meeting right. at work. And it's Don't yo, do it. I've been the uncomfortable, the uncomfortable back. back. Up. 
Donnie. Like, that's not, not going to work for me. I always um, say the easiest man to obtain is a man that has a significant other because there's always shortcomings in that relationship. And all you have to do is kind of find those shortcomings and become the opposite of that. And it doesn't take much because you don't have to go home and do those 12 hours with them and be in that household and ask them to take out the trash and all that. So it's really easy for you to create this facade of how you are leveled up from their, their significant other or mate. But Pleasure. don't Pleasure get it twisted. Has a song about it. It's called Boyfriend Number Two. Have you heard it? No. <laughs> Boyfriend Number Two. Have you heard it? Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Steph has another scenario. Okay. What about a homosexual male that is jealous of you because you become friendly with a man he's attracted to in the workplace? What? Wait, what? What happened? I need to read it. I gotta read it. A gay man who's yeah competitive with you over a guy. That's interesting. Over a, oh, look, I mean, is this a heteronormative individual that he's attracted to? Because it's I am certain gay men always feel they can turn a heterosexual man gay. So you would they stand know. in their way and they would have they, an they, issue with you stepping to a guy that they feel that they are attracted to whether they are heterosexual or gay identified I mean, it's like I mean I think we have and here's another issue with the whole jealousy thing there are some people who feel like they, they have the right to possess other people like you are not like possessing yeah. property mm-hmm. and you know because I'm now your work wife I own you like that's not how that works. No, not like we don't own each other. Even when someone says this person has become my husband or wife in real life, I'm we're still not each other's personal property. We don't own each other. Like we have a commitment to each other. We have have a covenant together. But people still make individual choices, and there still need to be boundaries, and there still need to be safeguards and protections around things. But sometimes people take possessiveness of other people way too far. And that's why people be in bushes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I keep turning back to people in bushes. People be in bushes because they be possessed in a mug. And you don't even know the person likes this other person and then you wonder why they're trying to stab you over somebody that's your work husband. Like, who you gonna find yeah. him? When he does that, you real- blow him a kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Leah, you're on mute, uh, by the way. Um, so, yeah, that's crazy though. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, and going back to the whole thing is, uh, I don't think a gay man can turn a heterosexual man gay. They I think feel, so. Yeah, I feel like you were already, you were always. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you were just lying to yourself. Bro. They've turned a few that didn't know, and you don't yeah. know you're lying to yourself until you, until you you in there. I know. <laughs> First, of all, wait. Don't, don't, don't be in there. <laughs> right, right. If, if you had a special, don't be in, in there. I'ma mind my business. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Ooh, um, what about friends that are jealous of your ambition? They weren't your friends in the first place. Right. You, friend, mm-hmm. Friends are the ones that want to see you win. Friends want to see you uh, strive to the higher level of yourself and to the most excellent version of yourself. Yeah. You get you some friends that are striving also in that same department. Mm-hmm. And it's not a competition. It's not a jealousy thing. It's a, 
I want to see my girl succeed. How can we get you to this level of success? Oh, you want to We got you on a review. Oh, you want to do this business? We're going to buy the first 100 t-shirts. Like, people are going to be in your corner. The wrong people rowing in your boat, they're not rowing. They poking holes. So you know the difference between people based on what they are bringing to your life. And I don't mean just material, just substance, value, building you up, holding you accountable, being there for you in the good and the bad. They make friends with each other. Let, let, get let, you, get say, Letitia, your crown is slightly crooked. Let me fix it for you. There you go, queen. Go ahead, go for, go for a walk. You, you know what? I really believe that every so many years you should do a purge. Um, really look at who's in your life and see if, if you need to and go and shoot them. And I think you should do a purge as often as necessary. You should calibrate every day everything that comes in. And let the no, results stand and be because, where they are. Um, sometimes you do got to let allow people to to build up a reservoir of behavior or whatever. Sometimes it's right away, you know. So you that to me is just like you're gonna just do that. But sometimes there's situations where it you can see it more over a over a period of time versus like it's right in your face. You know, if somebody's doing some crazy shit like right off, you know, like you can see it. Then yeah, you purge that right out. But but sometimes you need to take a you know sit back and see like you know who's really on your team. And I've had, oh, absolutely. I've had situations yeah. where I started looking at them like they ain't down with me like that, you know. And uh, you know I had to purge. So you know, it, so they, they they live though, right? I agree they, with you they, about they live. Okay, so that, like purging, yes, they like live. Right? <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> I don't actually fire any of my friends or anybody that does things to me because I think that we're all humans and we make mistakes and we're just doing the best we can with the information and knowledge that we're given at the time that we're given. And you can't stop nothing I'm doing. So I don't mind um, being um, there for you. Like you, you can't do nothing to me. I'm, I'm okay. So I always equate it to like, you know, if you have a friend that steals, don't leave her alone in your house. If you have a friend that can't cook, um, cook don't have her yeah, cook right. given dinner. Um, if you have a friend... <laughs> if you have a friend that's kind of promiscuous, don't leave her alone with your man. Um, there, <laughs> there's just calibrations that you could take with each individual, individual because we're all going through stuff. We all just don't know what we don't know until we know it. And I don't, I'm not here to judge you, or I'm just here to calibrate you and place you where you need to be in my life in accordance to how I am and how you're spinning out man, control I'm and affecting me. So, but I don't judge tell you what you're saying, but there's some people that are so toxic. They, so they still can't stop like, nothing you're doing. Like, I ain't going to lie. There's some people that I got rid of that I really felt like that was a good thing. Like, it really, you know, you, know, you tossed them out oh, with yeah. the trash, you know? Um, yeah. You know, so so I'm not saying, you know, because JoJo, you know, did a little something, then, you know, kick, kick him to the curb. But I mean, like, yeah, see, Steph says I block him pretty regularly. Um, sometimes <laughs> it's, it's beautiful, man. It's a beautiful thing, you know? So uh, and sometimes it gotta be your family. Sometimes, that's a whole. That's a whole another hour. Yeah. Uh, um, sometimes it's your family. You gotta, you know, you gotta purge family members out of your life, and it sucks. It makes family reunions awkward, but it is what it is. 
Well, that's the thing. If you don't have to fire them, you just have to place them far enough away yeah. from you to kind of be out of the situation. Because you have to allow mothers and families to be who they are. Like, my mother gets on my last nerve. And I can do a countdown of when she is about to get on my nerves. But the 10 minutes that I get with her is joyous and great. And at that 11-minute mark, when it's over, I'm like, okay, see you later. But that 10 minutes is that energy that carries me. And that's the power that I have. I don't have to stick around for when it doesn't feel good. But I tell you, there have been so many people that I should have exed out of my life and never spoke to them on terms of how that is, but I turned around right. and got so much goodness out of them. I have people in my life that are, are sexist towards me, are racist towards me. Even they are the same people, and and um, yeah. their classes towards me as well, and they are the same person, but I should just turn my back on them and not give them the time of day, but I tell you, it's like the homeless man and the rich man, and one rich man that gives $10,000, and another person, the homeless man that gives ten, which was all he had, so I see that person is giving me the love that they know how to give me at this point in time, um, and I tell you, on the back end of what I got from them, it, it's been mm -hmm. so precious, it's been so priceless that I had those moments with them, and if I would have x them out, I would have traded um, what I can completely handle and, and see that that's their problem and not take it on me in any way and then place it to where it doesn't affect my life, but still get the joy and fulfillment that they can bring to my life because it's always there. The good and the bad is always there. You choose the polarity and where you want to be in it. And that's where I think we, we miss the, the mark. We're not choosing. We're allowing it to just um, be our environment or our situation instead of saying hey this is the way i want it this is where i'm going to place you this is what i get from you and how i deal with you and we have See, that's, power. Why, I, that's why i love leah the life coach because she's she is much more sweeter than Aww. i am i haven't gotten there yet maybe <laughs> the lord jesus needs to uh maybe i need to pray on it because i can't deal with uh toxic people man and it's just like you know i mean like you know, some people, yeah, when you see them on the street, you might be like, oh, hey, what's up? And keep it pushing, but I can't constantly be around them. Um, right. No, that's why you calibrate them. That's what the calibration means. You look at them with a real, with real eyes and you do a reality check of where they need to be in your life. And you place them according to where they need to be. And you have that power to come in and leave when you need to. And the people that's causing havoc, I saw a comment. I'm not saying okay. stay in that havoc and keep dealing with them. I'm saying remove yourself from the, the distance that they're having reaches and just be out of distance of that havoc and, you know, <laughs> learn who they are and meet them where they are. Expect who they are, that they bring havoc and only deal with them on um, levels of where it is comfortable for you and, right. and remove yourself. When well, it's not. Um, before we say goodbye, uh, I, I want to, uh, one last thing to bring up about the topic is um, and if, if you're with someone who is displaying, you know, jealousy in in forms that are just, I, I don't want to say to the quite the extreme like you were talking about, but like you see it, little tad bits of jealousy. Um, yeah. Like, how do you deal with it? Okay. Like, uh, and it's somebody that you find value in, you like them, you may not like that aspect of them. How do you, what do you, mm -hmm. what can you do to? possibly uh, not get rid of the relationship but maybe put in a better place open the communication lines so much without a, a, a yeah. sliver of untruth 
tell them everything. Be light when you tell it. Don't make yeah. it a serious, heavy thing. Do it when you're in a good mood and it, it is a light conversation over ice cream. Make it so they're comfortable. Let them know the truth and everything that they need to know and so they don't feel disrespected, so they don't feel any type of way. And um, really open the communication lines, even if it's just on your end talking to them. And don't stop if you don't want to give up on them. And as long as they're not taking it to uh, a physical thing or a mental or, you know, kind of abusive way, I think that they kind of get to feel comfortable in it. And they can see that you're a type of person that um, doesn't require that kind of um, contribution to the relationship. It doesn't affect you in a manner that is positive or that it's processed in that proper way. So I just say, tell them everything that they need to know. Give them the information that they need what to know um, in it. As far as uh, having like your emails and your uh, cell phones and stuff like that, um, like, you know, some people, they will not, like, they're in a relationship, they keep their cell phone, they damn near take it in the shower with them because, you know, they don't want to leave the country. So, is that like, <laughs> you think that's a, um, should, if you're in a, if a relationship, yeah, if you're in a serious relationship, should, you, should they be able to leave their cell phone around you uh, if, if they're not, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're doing good, I mean, you could be able to, but like I said, different people move differently. You know, everybody's right. doing what they do for a reason. They have grown up and walked in the steps. They have been created by their their walk. And you have to respect that past. But um, I do, I have had a relationship after the abusive relationship where it was very open. They tracked me on my phone to make sure I was safe. They could read my texts at the drop of a dime and had access to every password that I had. And it was a very healthy. Uh-oh, we're losing you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you. uh well, this toxic relationship. But I mean. I... Uh -oh. You see it. Can your man look at your uh, cell phone, Shannon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I move. I don't post nothing on there that's inappropriate anyway, and everything that I have on there is like I don't adult having an adult conversation. So if I leave my phone on the table, I need to pick it up for people JoJo calling. I don't care if you answer the phone. Or 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 if they say Pizza Hut is telling you they love you. Huh? <laughs> Pizza Hut is telling you they love you. Somebody <laughs> telling me they love you. Pizza, Pizza Hut. Hut. Oh, first of all, you ain't gonna have. <laughs> Save this pizza hut. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't get down like that around these parts. You love pizza hut. A lot. <laughs> I'm not. The middle of the night. <laughs> not, not even a little bit. I don't even. I don't ever pizza hut like that. No, but, no, it's not. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I know what you're saying, but I, I'm using it in the 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 side jargon that you're using it in. I don't even f with other people like that. If I'm in a relationship with somebody. I'm in a relationship with that somebody and I'm not talking to quote unquote pizza hood. Uh, pizza hood better go holler at somebody else. <laughs> go holler at Domino's. Huh? Yeah. All right. Um, I, 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 I want to thank you ladies so much for being on the program. I'm going to start off with you, Leah. How can we get you on social media? And uh, when's your next event? Um, uh -oh. I'm going to okay. be at Peanuts Comedy. Oh, can you hear me or no? Yeah, yeah. 
Am I fine? Oh, okay. Um, Peanuts Comedy Slam Jam on the 28th. Laugh at My Calibration will be there as well. So um, if you want to come out, it's in Santa Monica. Um, I'll put a link up somewhere on my page somewhere. But um, that's my next event. And um, I'm always open for social media marketing at, at my academy and new clients for life coaching. All right. They teach you a different perspective to live a happier, fuller life because life is too short. Yeah, definitely. And what about you, Shannon? How can we get you on social media? And when is your next show, Shannon? Uh, let's start with the obvious. I have no idea what my next show is going to be. I like this kind of music right now. Um, <laughs> I've been working more than I want. Um, as far as follow me on social media, you can follow me on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. And then for a permanent, I just All right. You can get me at you? Oh, you can get me at you give me at MK Ferguson on Instagram and of course the website is mbradio.org. Big shout out to Kim. Go out, go you guys and check out uh, indyradio.org. It's revamped. Still in the process of, of, um, you know, finishing it up, but um, it looks really good now. That's it. We'll finish guys. Thank you.